Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And remember, Jesus is on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there are many people gathered there. And he begins to teach them as he's seated there. And he's got all different kinds of people. Uh, he's got rich people, poor people. He's got middle class people. He's got young people. He's got elderly people. He's got Sadducees. He's got Pharisees. He's got all these individuals around him. And he's teaching what we call the Beatitudes. And Jesus was saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Lord, I'm asking that you'd help me to share this message and make it applicable to our lives. Uh, as always, Lord, where the rubber meets the road. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in a series on the Beatitudes, as I said, and just as uh, Jesus' secrets of happiness. And every time Jesus mentions the word blessed, it can be translated from the Old English word happy, 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 happy. And we've talked about the first three or four Beatitudes. And the first three or four, three or four Beatitudes have to do with our internal relationship with God, has to do with our relationship with God. The rest of the Beatitudes have to do with our relationship with other people. And this evening, we're going to be talking about Matthew 5.7. In the Phillips translation, Matthew 5.7 reads, Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. And Jesus is talking about the law of return. He's saying, what you sow, you reap. If you criticize other people, you will be criticized. If you are friendly to other people, they will be friendly back toward you. If you're merciful to other people, they will be merciful to you. Now, what is the right way to treat people? Be merciful. Notice Roman numeral number one. What is mercy? A simple definition of mercy is, and I think it's on the overhead, is this. A simple definition of mercy is, is mercy is love in action. Mercy is love in action. And it's more than just an attitude, more than just a feeling for and being sorry for people. It's doing something about it. It's, it's putting feet to your compassion, as somebody has said. And the Bible says that God is a merciful God. I want you to look at Psalm uh, 145, verse 8. And I think it's right there, Psalm 145, verse 8. Um, God is kind and he's merciful and he's slow to get angry and he's full of love. So if you want to be just like God, you need to be merciful. Roman numeral Roman 2. How do I know if I'm showing mercy? Well, there are four marks there are four mar marks of mercy, four marks of mercy. And you can evaluate to see how merciful you are as a person. And remember, it's whatever you give, you get. If you're merciful, you will be shown mercy. If you want to be like God, you'll be merciful. First of all, I want you to notice, if I'm merciful, I will be patient with those people who are peculiar. I will be patient with those people who are peculiar. Another word that I often use is idiosyncratic. Now, I don't know why it is. But people who are full of idiosyncratic ways have a difficult time accepting other people who are idiosyncratic. You ever notice that? You ever notice that? 
If I'm merciful, I will be patient with those people who are peculiar and idiosyncratic. Now, I believe that in every life there are some strange people that will fall into your life. By the world standards, there are some strange people that will fall in your life. And uh, they may be a good egg, but they're a little bit cracked. And, and I've had those individuals, and you've had those particular people that will fall into your life like that. I was in the Tuolumne County Library one time. I'm not joking you. I can walk in a room full of people, and the strangest people in the room are, draw, are drawn to me like a moth is drawn to light. They'll just come up to me. They don't even know me. They're strangers. And I had one young man, and he was just a little bit touched. Um, and I don't challenge. That's the word people use today. He was just a little bit challenged. And he came up to me in the Tuolumne County Library, and he said, Who are you? And before I could even answer who I was, What's your name? Where do you live? What do you do? And he went round down to this list. You know, bam, 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 bam. And he walked away, and five minutes later, he came up to me and asked me the same questions all over again. Who are you? What do you do? And over and over and over and over again. And yet the Bible says and indicates that we should be patient with those who are peculiar. If we are merciful, we will be patient with those people who are idiosyncratic, those people who are good eggs but they're a little bit cracked, those people who perhaps the elevator doesn't go all the way up to the top and there's no light on. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, Encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with everybody. Are you patient with everyone. Am I patient with everyone? The Bible says, if I'm merciful, I'll be patient with those who are peculiar. Now, how can you be patient with those people who are peculiar? I found there's one way to do that. And that is to learn their background. And when you understand where a person comes from, often you stop saying, look how far they've got to go. And you start saying, look how far they've come. It's the idea of walking another in another person's shoes for a while. Because often behind that peculiar behavior, if they're not touched in the head, is loneliness and hurt and depression and some kind of anxiety. And the Bible says, accept each other in the Lord just as Jesus Christ accepted you. And did Jesus Christ accept you? Of course he did. And, um, and be merciful, the Bible says. If I'm merciful, I'll be patient with those people who are peculiar. Number two, if, I, if I'm merciful, if I'm merciful, I'm going to be, uh, I'll forgive those people who have fallen. I'll forgive those people who have fallen. You know, so I think it was Chuck Gerard years ago who said, Christian people are only people who kill their wounded. Who kill their wounded. Most people, when they've fallen, they know they've fallen. And Jesus doesn't rub their nose in their sin. He rubs it out. And as Christian people, most of the time, we don't, they don't need our judgment. They need our help to lift them up out of whatever they're involved in. If I'm a merciful person, I'll forgive those who are fallen. When, when people mistakes, do you rub it in or do you rub it out? When people let you down, do you hold it over the head for the life or do you let them off the hook? Uh, I heard about a man years ago and his wife did something very foolish in the first six months of their marriage. She did something foolish in the very six months of their marriage. She made a very, very dumb decision. She repented of it and she asked for forgiveness but but he never forgave her and he held it over her head and he kept reminding it of reminding her of it and this happened for 30 years. For 30 years he verbally abused her and reminded her of her failure and one day she just left him. She just took off. 
I want you to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, be gentle and ready to forgive. Never, never hold grudges. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And it's interesting because if we want to receive forgiveness, we must be a forgiving person. And it's like the lady. I remember reading about a lady who had her picture taken at a photographer's. And she brought it back and she said, it doesn't do me justice. And he said, you don't need justice, you need mercy. If I'm patient, I'll forgive other people who are fallen. And it's a lot easier to criticize than it is to sympathize. Number three, if I'm a merciful person, I'll help those who are hurting. If I'm a merciful person, I'll help those who are hurting. And I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. If I'm merciful, I'll help those people who are hurting. Wherever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. And mercy is practical assistance. And there are people around us who are hurting and who need our help. And when you do something, the Bible says it's just like being uh, like Jesus Christ. Jesus said a cup of cold water will not go unrewarded. And I want you to look at that passage of Scripture, First John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. If someone who is supposed to be Christian has enough money to live well and sees a brother in need but won't help him, how can God's love be in him? Let's just stop saying we love people and let's show it by our actions. Show it by our actions and not just by our words but by our deeds. And remember John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. We call ourselves a Wesleyan Holiness Church. I mean, millions of people were affected by John Wesley and by his teachings and by his uh, emphasis on holiness. And this is what John Wesley said. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all times you can, to all people you can, as long as you can. Help those who are hurting. And he's probably one of the men who made the greatest impact on the world. Uh, somebody asked Flip Wilson, the comedian of yesteryear, I believe, is dead now. What's your religion? What's your religion? And he answered, I'm, Flip Wilson answered, I'm a Jehovah's bystander. <laughs> I'm a Jehovah's bystander. He didn't want to get involved. But when you are merciful, when you're merciful, you'll help those people who are hurting get involved. I want you to look at Jude chapter 1, verse 24. It says, Be merciful to those people who doubt. When, you, when you're hurting, that's the most likely time that you're going to doubt. When you're hurting, that's the most merciful time that you're going to doubt. And the reason why is, is because you doubt the love of God, you doubt the um, compassion of God. You, you doubt um, that He is able and wanting to help you because you're going through a very, very difficult time. And yet this particular scripture says, be merciful to those who do doubt. And if you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What is Jesus Christ's response to people who doubt? Uh, what, what, is, what is our response you don't debate them. I'm going to prove that God exists. You don't demean them, put them down. You're not a Christian, you have doubts. You don't desert them. What do you do? You show mercy to those people who have doubts. Uh, number four, if I'm merciful, I'll do good to my enemies. If I'm merciful, I'll do good to those, my enemies. Look at Luke chapter 6, 
verse 33 and verses 35 through 36. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies, do good to them, then your record will be great. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. If you want to be like the Lord, you've got to be merciful. Do good to those who do evil to you. And that's exactly the opposite of what our society says. Our society says they hurt you, you hurt them back. They slap you on the, back, on the face and you slap them on both sides of the face. And that's hard to do. Tomorrow morning you, you've got a homework assignment. The guy who's constantly criticizing you, the guy that's constantly writing you, the lady who's really the jerk, so to speak, the Bible says you do good to that person. How would it be if every time they criticize you, you compliment them? Every time you, they put you down for being a Christian, you build them up. Every time that they rain on your parade, so to speak, you, <laughs> you just continue to love, love on them. Um, and that's the best way to eliminate an enemy is to make them a friend. You smother them with kindness. Again, mercy is love in action. If, you be, if you're merciful... You'll good, do good even to your enemies. And um, let's talk about uh, the meaning of mercy. We've talked about the meaning of mercy, the marks of mercy. And let's talk a little bit about the motivation. We're, we're looking at Roman numeral number three right now. What's the motivation? I want to give you three motivations on why we need to be merciful this week. Simply put, because God has shown me mercy. That's motivation enough. Because God has shown me mercy. I want you to look at Matthew 18.3. Shouldn't you be merciful, Jesus said to other people, just as I've been merciful to you. And God expects me to do others. He expects me to do others what he's already done to me. In other words, because God has shown me mercy, he expects me to be merciful to other people. Now, when you think about the person that irritates you the most, that ticks you off, you have a hard time being merciful to those people. I do too. Remember, so to speak, what a jerk you've been to God. Remember um, where you came from. All the stuff that you've done wrong. God has been merciful to me, and therefore I can be merciful to another person. You remember one day the religious hypocrites of Jesus' day. The religious hypocrites of Jesus' day. They caught a woman in the very act of adultery. And they brought this woman that's been caught in the very act of adultery. And they said to Jesus, what should we do with her? What does the law say? And the law said, stone her to death. And Jesus said, as you know, the first of you um, who has never sinned, you throw the first stone. And they dropped their stones and they walked away. Another time Jesus said, you know, you're so concerned about the problems in other people's lives before you take that speck of sawdust out of your brother or sister's eye, take that telephone pole out of your own eye. God has been merciful to me, therefore I need to show mercy to other people. Um, I want you to listen to what 
listen to this poem. Don't, don't find faults with a man who limps or stumbles along the road unless you've worn the shoes he wears or struggled beneath his load because there may be tacks in his shoes that hurt, though hidden from view, or the burden he bears placed on your back might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's down today unless you felt the blow that caused his shame or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his if dealt to you in the same self-way and at the same self-time might cause you to stagger too. Don't be too harsh with the man who sins or pelts you with the words or stones unless you're sure, yea, doubly sure, that you have not sins of your own. For you perhaps will, that if the tempter's voice should whisper soft to you as it did it to him when he went astray, it would cause you to falter too. Be merciful because God has shown us mercy. Number two, what's the motivation? Because I'm going to need mercy in the future. Because I'm going to need mercy in the future. Not only has God been merciful to me in the past, but I'm going to need it in the future. And in James chapter 2, verse 13, it says, The man who makes no allowances for others will find none for himself. You say, but you don't know how much a person has hurt me, and they continue to hurt me. I just can't forgive them. Then I hope you never sin, because if you need forgiveness and grace in the future... Your grace and, and, and forgiveness in the future is dependent upon how much grace and mercy you show to other people. Because, we are, um, uh, because we're going to need mercy in the future, we need to show mercy to people in the present and in the future. Um, I'm going to need it in the future. And, um, and people will need it in the future around us. Uh, and, and the third motivation is this, because it makes me happy. Because it makes me happy. The happiest people in the world are those who are merciful. Mercy makes me happy. And this is what Jesus said. He said, blessed are the merciful. Translated, happy are the merciful. And the opposite of that is true. Unhappy are the unmerciful. The most miserable people I know are the most resentful. And those who refuse to forgive and those people who hold a grudge and they hold unforgiveness over someone's head. Ben, Benjamin Franklin said a number of years ago, when you're good to other people and you're merciful to other people, you are your best self. You are best to yourself. And that's what Jesus is saying here. It makes you happy. I want you to listen to Proverbs 11:17. Your own soul is nourished when you're kind. It is destroyed when you are cruel. And so when you do acts of mercy and, and, and you give, get out of your comfort zone and you're focused on other people and you take it off of yourself, it makes you happy. Um, well, because it, it, makes me, it makes me happy. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, the thing that Christians are going to be judged for at the judgment is how they treated other people. Did you know that? In Matthew chapter 5, the thing that Christians are going to be judged for is how they treated other people. And Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was unclothed and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was in prison and you visited me. 
And we're going to say, Lord, when did we do all that to you? And Jesus said, I will say then, as much as you've done it to anybody else, you've done it to me. And God's going to judge us on how we treated other people. Were we merciful? Were we kind? Were we like Him? Jesus had a ministry of mercy. He loved the unlovely. He grieved with those who sorrowed. He helped those who were helpless and hurting. He cared for those individuals. Uh, Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray together.